Hi there. You're listening to Create English on Ripollet Radio with Gabor Legradi, the February edition in 2023. I'm the host of this program and we're doing English, talking about the language, looking at some tips on learning, how to learn, how to learn on your own and how to learn with a teacher, of course, as well. Today we're going to talk about all those challenges, all those difficulties that most students talk about. And of course, these are lack of self-confidence, like shyness. Or, you know, thinking in your first language, which influences your second language, or the, the foreign language, in this case, English, when it comes to speaking. And uh, time, you know, having the time, not having the time, or you know, finding the time to practice, etc. So all these things and more will be dealt with today. So let's dive in and let's begin. So what are those difficulties that language learners, and no matter, you know, if you're a professional uh, and you need English for your job, or you're just learning English for fun or for traveling or for, you know, just general English, it doesn't really matter because challenges or difficulties exist for everyone, and most people. They're not necessarily the same difficulties, but there are overlaps and there are common ones. And so I'm going to mention six of them today. Um, and we're going to look at what can be done, you know, in order to overcome these or in order to handle them. Because if you think about it, everything is challenging when it comes to learning. So when you want to learn something, especially if it's a skill, it just takes time, takes practice, it's a process. And you will find difficult moments or things that you will find harder than other things on the way. And this might change from you know, learner to learner. So you need to discover your own way of learning. And there are a lot of things you can do on your own. And for some things, you might need the help of a teacher. Or if you are more of an independent kind of learner, then you might uh, need the help of a coach instead of a teacher. Now, what is the difference between a teacher and a coach? We can talk about this some other time. But back to the challenges, what I want to say is that if you have a challenge, a difficulty, um, then the point is what you do with that. So everybody has difficulties in learning, you know. Some people have certain things, other people have other things. But the thing is how you handle that, what you do with it. And in order to handle a difficulty, you need to know what it is. You need to identify what it is. And this is the first thing we're going to do because uh, when I ask my students, you know, like, what's difficult in English for you? They start saying things like, oh, uh, pronunciation is difficult or, you know, grammar is difficult or, you know, I, I can't speak fluently. So wh what they say is not really the difficulty. What they say is something that they cannot have yet as of the result. They would like to have good pronunciation, but good pronunciation is not a difficulty. It's 
the result of something that you do and your pronunciation gets better and better. Or fluency, you want to be a fluent speaker, so you find it difficult to speak fluently. Yes, but fluency is not the challenging thing. The challenging thing is, how do you get there? So what obstacles are there on the way for you to acquire that fluency? To reach that level of fluency? So let's talk about the number one on the list. And this is shyness or lack of self-confidence. So there are people who are more extroverted. There are other people who are more introverted. And this is something that, you know, is just part of your character. So that's just the person. For whatever reason, you know, people are different. Now, shyness does affect your communication, of course. I mean, if you're a more quiet and shy person, then the way you participate in conversations will be also reflected or will also be conditioned by this. So the question again, as I said, is what to do and how to handle that. Because if you need to communicate, say you're a professional or you have a business and you need to speak to your customers, you want to do business abroad, etc., so you need to communicate. Now, how can you do that when you don't really like to start a conversation or you don't really like to speak a lot, but you cannot not speak because you need to do business or you need to travel or you need to, well, you need to speak, right? Now, if your shyness in English is not really because you are a shy person, maybe you are not so much of a shy person when it comes to speaking in your first language. But in English, you are shyer. Now, that's probably a different reason. That's probably because you don't feel confident uh, or maybe you don't want to look ridiculous or sound ridiculous. Maybe your pronunciation is, um, you know, you have an accent or you just don't have enough vocabulary to express yourself with the ease uh, that you are able to do in your first language. And this makes you feel uncomfortable. So this might, you know, make you go like, oh, all right, I prefer not to say too much. Now, if your reason for not, you know, speaking a lot in English is this, then there are specific things that can be done. I'm going to talk about these in a moment. If your shyness is due to your shyness in general, then, uh, well, that's just your person, that's just your character. So there are things that can be done there as well. And that will actually help you not only in English, but also in other, you know, situations where you have to speak in any language. So let's look at the first one. So let's take a shy person, okay? This person doesn't really like to initiate a conversation and when they are in a conversation, uh, they prefer to listen more than speak. Now, that's the point. And this is the thing that you need to leverage. Yes, you need to leverage that you prefer to listen rather than speak. You can listen actively. You can listen in a way that you, you know, the, the impression of the other party, the, the, you know, your speaking partner, is that you are, you know, you have participated actively and 
the way to do it is very simple. I'm not saying it's easy, but it's very simple. You really need to listen to your speaking partner and find those points where you can, one, ask questions, two, ask not real questions, and you do this by simply repeating certain words. Certain words that your speaking partner has said, and you just replicate them, you just copy them, you just echo them, you just say them with a question type intonation, with a question tone, and that's it. And the third thing is you use words that are just, uh, you know, conversation filler words. Some examples. Really? Wow. That's nice. Or nice. Or are you kidding? Or are you serious? I mean, these are expressions more than words, but they're short and they really are there to fill that empty space which would otherwise be just silence, which is uncomfortable and you don't want that. So instead of just staying silent, you learn how to use these words, empty words, in the right place and use them. It takes practice, of course. This is a skill. Uh, But this is what you need to do if you want to be a listener who is an active listener, in addition to asking questions, of course. So questions are big. I mean, questions obviously are the most powerful ways to keep a conversation going and making sure that you are on the listener's side more than the speaker's side. So asking questions is great, but if you keep asking question after question after question, that will sound like you're doing an interview. So that's not what you want. You need to combine these three elements. You need to combine questions because they are about, uh, you know, they are about information. They refer to information that you want to know. It's new information, things that you don't know. Then there are the unreal questions, which are not really questions, because you have the information, you just repeat a piece of information, or you just repeat a word that your speaking partner has just said. And you also use filler words, like really, wow, nice, that don't really do more and much than just filling empty spaces and telling your, you know, telling the other person that you are listening, that you are interested. So if you do that, then you will find, with practice, of course, you will find that you can participate in a conversation in a more comfortable way because you are still on the listener's side, which is the thing that you prefer to do in a conversation because we're talking about a shy person, right? So if this is you, uh, then then trying these techniques can help you to, you know, stay in the conversation and feel more comfortable and also make an impression that you are listening and you're interested, and you are interested, of course, but without having to speak a lot. Now, of course, you will need to... Uh, be able to ask questions. So questions is another area that needs to be, you know, needs work. Um, of course, if this is your, if you do it in your native language, then there's no difficulty there in, in this respect. But if it's in English and you need, you know, you need to build some skill uh, for asking questions, which is, you know, a little bit of task to do on the side, 
So these would be the elements that make up active listening. Of course, there is, uh, it won't, you know, be just listening, you listening and the other one speaking. That's not the way it works. At some point, your speaking partner is going to ask a question, ask you a question. So you will need to speak and, and respond at some point, obviously, um, because that's just conversation. However, um, if you keep this, you know, pattern in mind, if you keep these three things on your menu, then uh, then you will have some tools to try. And I recommend that you try these out in your first language. So next time you're talking to friends in your first language, you might want to try some of these techniques and see how they work. Do they work for you? I mean, do people really uh, keep on talking when you just say, ah, oh, really? Or how interesting? Or you just, you know, ask a question which is um, an unreal question. Just um, You just echo and repeat back what the person said. Does that work? How does that work? Observe that in a comfortable situation, you know. And then, in English, when it comes to talking, you can start practicing as well. So this was a tip for shyness. When a person is shy by nature, okay? It's their character. Now, if you are shy talking in English, not because you are a shy person um, in general, but because you don't want to sound ridiculous, um, or you just don't feel comfortable not being able to express yourself the way you can in your first language, then of course you need to work on your English and work on those areas that make you feel uncomfortable. Why? Because working on them will give you more self-confidence. The more self-confident you are, the less shy and the more participative you will become. Well, that's just the way I see it works. So let's just say uh, pronunciation. Yeah, so you have an accent, you don't feel comfortable. You're not sure how to pronounce words. You make mistakes and or people just don't understand what you're saying uh, sometimes because you mispronounce words. Well, come on, you need to work on pronunciation. How do you do that? Well, of course, Again, pronunciation training is um, kind of a process as well. But um, if you ask me to, you know, to give you quick tips, I would say uh, do lots of listening and repetition. So, you know, just listen uh, carefully how native speakers say an expression you want to learn, or you can listen to, um, you know, audiobooks or uh, podcasts, etc. And just uh, listen to bits and then repeat copy the sounds, well, the sounds, the words, I mean, the expressions, but really there are just, uh, um, uh, you know, a bunch of sounds together that, that you need to train your ear to and then be able to produce, to say. And, of course, um, if you want to check, you can just record your own performance. You can record your voice and check how it sounds compared to the original. And, and, and you know, just go adjusting the small details. Um, of course, uh, if you need help, you can look for a teacher or a coach who can help you accelerate this and do it faster. You know, um, so that's one. Reading, yeah. Once you know how to read correctly, how to pronounce things correctly uh, by checking, you know, audiobooks are great because you have the text and you have the, uh, uh, you have the, uh, the audio part. But also, I mean, videos... Um, have you know subtitles or captions or uh, if you can get the uh, the transcript uh, I mean there's ways to 
to see what the person is saying and then you just need to practice looking at what they're saying paying attention to the sounds the way they pronounce things and then trying to copy and imitate and you know reproduce that basically with your own voice so does the way you pronounce things make you feel uncomfortable and not wanting to you know speak too much well then work on that if it's uh, I don't know your lack of vocabulary you just don't have the uh, vocabulary set that you need for let's say negotiations or you know for your uh, marketing or for uh, meetings or presentations well you need to work on that language first I mean that's what is going to give you a bit of more self-confidence which is going to give you more motivation and that will give you another task to do and that success will give you even more self-confidence so it's kind of a self-feeding uh, uh, cycle you know you're listening to create english on ribayot radio with gabor Legradi. and today we're talking about how to communicate in spoken english even if you are a shy person or if you feel certain parts of your English is not up to the level you would like to and this makes you kind of feel uncomfortable when it comes to speaking English now make sure you check the podcast notes on createenglish.com slash podcast that is createenglish like the name of the program dot com slash podcast and look for today's episode uh, because well first of all you will have you know a written copy of what we talked about in a note bulleted form but also uh, I'm going to include some uh, some materials for you to practice first the uh, the questions and the unreal questions and the empty words all right so you can see it in a model conversation how that works it's a simple conversation but you will see how it works and you can get the idea uh, what the the purpose of these uh, elements the three elements are and um, and how they're used and what the what they do that's one thing the other thing is um, I'm going to also um, add a mini training on pronunciation okay so we're going to look at uh, some key sounds and what they are in English how they should be pronounced and how they are mispronounced many times and what to do to pronounce them correctly I'm going to include the link below in the program's description as well or as I said you can check them out on my create English website now so much for the first point which was shyness let's move on to the next one okay becoming independent from the influence of your first language okay this is another um, thing that uh, students mention you know I want to I want to be as fluent as I am in my first language now uh, and what happens is that you know I, I can't because when I want to say something in English I first think uh, in my first language then I translate it or if I don't translate it it still sounds like you know like copying my first language uh, structure Yes, okay, this is reality again. This is reality. I mean, first language is big power. It's very powerful, of course, your first language, your native language. 
because um, that just uh, determines the way you um, well that that's that's the language you grew up with so that's the way you see the world through that language you understand the world uh, and uh, it's the same world but things are expressed in different ways in different languages and because different languages use different um, structures to say the same thing and that's where the uh, difficulty is rooted that there's a situation that uh, is one and you are using the logic of your first language but the words of the foreign language all right so you're using vocabulary from the new language second language and the logic of the first language and you you put the two together and it sounds weird it sounds strange uh, and unusual in the second language in this case we're talking about english so say your first language is spanish for example and then uh, you know spanish expresses things in a different way with a different uh, structure so many times using that uh, grammatical logic in english just sounds odd sounds weird even if you're using english words and it works the other way around as well of course and between languages now what to do about it uh, if you are not a professional translator or interpreter just an average language speaker or learner then if i want to do this in a fluent way i need to get my thinking fluent first so i need to kind of discipline my mind because my mind works in a very fast way in my first language right so that's easy i can just jump from one idea to another but in a foreign language i kind of need to slow down or i kind of need to train my mind to focus on the idea i know what i want to say and i need to know how to say this in english i need to be ready to have that set of vocabulary practiced pre-practiced if i want to speak fluently the way i can in my first language building thinking fluency is a key to building speaking fluency if you want to become fluent in speaking you need to become fluent in thinking first and the hard part is that you are already fluent in your first language so thinking is, is fluent it's very quick you know ideas come and we jump from one idea to another but in english or in a new language that's just too fast so you need to get your thinking organized and you need to get your thinking fluent in a different way which is more uh, adapted to the new language all right so this can be done on your own if you know how to do it and you know what to do or you might want to look for help you know from a teacher or from a language coach to help you build this fluency and remember it's not about memorizing expressions only it doesn't help alone you need to build a thinking fluency for more details on this just check my notes about the uh, podcast okay and uh let's move on to the next point and the next point was time management now this is a huge thing again you know time management so for example a lot of people say well i don't have so much time i don't have enough time for you know for learning for studying and um, this is very interesting because in reality who has time you know there's no time really for anything if you don't manage it if you don't schedule and if you don't set it aside and this is real i mean you know um there's just no time if you don't make time for yourself 
And this is a kind of an individual challenge for everyone, uh, for each person, because, uh, you know, um, you have your daily schedule, you have your routine, and you need to fit in studying, you need to fit in practicing, you need to fit in uh, doing English if you want to advance. There's no other way. So here, the challenge is time management. It's not that you don't have time. The challenge, the difficulty is how you manage it. And that's really not a question about English. It's really a question about self-time management. So you need to look for ways. What can you give up on, maybe temporarily, or reduce, um, do less of, if you want to dedicate time uh, to English because you need to, because you need it for your job or you need it for, uh, you know, advancing in your career or your for your studies or for traveling, whatever. Uh, so you need to find the time. This is time management and it is real. Now, just like with anything, there are people who are better at time management and there are people who are not so good. Now, listening to those people who are good is a good idea. Uh, you know, like, how do you do that? And, you know, habits are powerful things, again. So, like, the way we usually, you know, do our daily things, you know, we get used to them so much that it's kind of hard, even if it's something simple, like using a calendar. I mean, you know, I ask people who are good at organizing uh, things and, and, you know, time management, how do they do that? And it's really not that complicated. It, these are simple things. And if you know how to do this, then, you know, then good for you. But there are people who find it harder to manage their time. And um, this is not really a question of English. It's time management. So you need to look for ways uh, of managing your time and seeing, looking at the calendar, because the calendar is a nice, it's like a two-dimensional way to see your whole week. And then you can maybe easier find those time slots where you can add English practice time. In, and that is needed. I mean, you need to, if you want to advance, you need to find the time to do English. Now, it is not directly related to English, of course, but it is related in a way to motivation. So this is, I think, where we can kind of find some point that can help you with your time management. And that is uh, the next point, actually, um, which is motivation. Now, why motivation and what is motivation? Well, motivation is really the fuel. It's just the energy that uh, keeps you going, right? Uh, it's uh, Again, it's linked to your goal. It's not your goal, but motivation is the energy that keeps you going ahead, moving on. Now, when that happens, it's going to be a lot easier to you know, to find the time to do English. So, again, time management, well, you need to look for solutions there, but what is linked to language learning is motivation, and if you work on your motivation, then that can help you to find the time to do English. So, let's talk about motivation. Now, motivation leads us to the question of why am I doing English? You know, what is the reason? It's not exactly your goal, because your goal can be... Well, your goal could be uh, something more in the distant future. Or it could be a midterm goal. But your motivation needs to be something constant. Or as constant as possible. So, 
while you know where you're going, you need the energy to, to be, to keep going. And that energy can come from, you know, pr from different sources, different reasons. You might need English simply because you need it for your job. Well, that is a big motivational uh, thing, you know. You might not like English that much, or you might not like languages in general that much, or learning languages. But if you know you need it, and you have, um, you know, you have a clear idea that is going to help you, and in what way, in your career, or in your business, then that's a big motivational thing. Another motivational thing can be simply because you like it. So you might not actually need English that much, but you like doing it. Now, that's fantastic because that's very positive and, you know, strong energy. Now, the next thing that is related is your goal. So in order to keep your motivation fueled, you need to know what you want to do with English. What do you need English for? Define that first. Define that first, write it down, and we'll continue from here next time. Thank you very much for listening. This was Create English on Ripollet Radio with Gabor Legradi. Remember, check the notes because I'm including some notes on createenglish.com slash podcast. And there will be links and mini lessons and, you know, other tips for some of these points that you can further work on. Thanks for listening. Take care and bye now. <laughs>